Welcome to Verna's Hot Take, where we discuss tactics, tips, training, uh, and all things related to self-defense so that if the time comes, you are prepared to defend. Today, I have a very special guest for you guys. We're here with Lanny Barnes, Olympic shooter uh, and just kind of uh, shooting extraordinaire. Uh, to talk to you today a little bit about her story as a competitive shooter and, and now as you know one of the primaries here at Prairie Fire and just how she's really incorporated you know that lifestyle into her everyday activities. Lane, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, especially on this very uh, non-normal Vegas day <laughs> where it's we're out here. It's cold. It's rainy. Uh, but thanks for staying out here and braving the, 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 the weather with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's so awesome to join Berna on this podcast and, and uh, you know, talk to all the wonderful Berna fans out there. And, you know, yes, this is an odd day for Prairie Fire, but we're pretty tough. I think we can battle through this. I have, I have, I have zero doubt, you especially. So it's, it's going to try to, to, to wash us out here, but I think we're, we're going to be okay. So uh, really to start off with, Lanny, I, I want you to introduce yourself to Burner Nation and just kind of tell them, uh, you know, who you are and how you how you got to where you are now through the whole competitive shooting, how you got started in it, and kind of where it's brought you through the years. Absolutely. So I think everything in my life has revolved around shooting. I'm a three-time Olympian and professional shooter, and I, I got I was very fortunate. My dad was very passionate about shooting, so he took uh, us three girls, my my sisters and I, out. Uh, taught us how to hunt and shoot and we really fell in love with it at an early age and from there it just kind of blossomed into jumping into shooting sports and and uh, you know there we discovered biathlon which was cross-country skiing and shooting and and uh, you know a ton of fun a lot of hard work but uh, you know a very different sport and we just really fell in love with it and so what, what kind of where did you start in shooting I mean literally I mean were you shooting you know, rifles on a ranch, or was it more pistols in a in a range, or kind of how, how did you get how did you get into it as a as a kid? Yeah, so we we my sisters and I grew up in the country, and we, we were mostly shooting rifles on the ranch, gotcha. <laughs> and uh, you know, plinking cans and things like that, and and then jumped into uh, small bore prone, which is basically just laying down with a rifle, trying to be as accurate as possible, and we met a guy there, and he. He noticed that we were juggling soccer ball and kind of running around in between the shooting bouts while everybody else was just trying to calm their heart rate down. And he's like, you girls are in the wrong sport. You should try biathlon. It seems like more your thing. And we looked it up and thought, well, this this could be a lot of fun. You know, being Coloradans, this, combining the skiing and the shooting, we thought that'd be perfect. So uh, just fell in love with it. That's awesome. So, you know, I haven't gotten the opportunity to talk to a whole lot of biathletes and, and you know, what is, what is the secret? You know, you kind of talked about how you guys are pretty good at, at you know, not, not worrying about bringing your heart rate down and whatnot. And is that, how do you, how do you balance that, you know, that physical stress with, you know, that have, having to shoot a stage? Yeah, so biathlon is a very uh, difficult sport because we, you know, we're doing the physical aspect of skiing and then we had come into the shooting range and, you know, you go from something where you're physically exerting yourself really hard and then you have to relax. and uh, the way the sport has developed um, and evolved, you actually try to shoot with as high a heart rate as possible. Really? So we try to usually have our heart rate around 180 beats per minute. And the reason being is it actually makes it easier to shoot when your heart rate's higher. If you think of an EKG, the more time between beats, the higher or the more barrel movement you get, and the higher your heart rate, the less time between beats. So, you know, at 140, 160, your barrel's gonna be like this, 180, 
it's going to be more like a hum, so it makes it easier to shoot if you can handle it mentally. Well, and that's, you know, on a previous podcast, if you guys remember, we talked about, um, you know, physical stress on the body and physiological stress and how to kind of mitigate that in a, in a critical incident. That's really what you're, you're doing is you're really just separating that mental physical stress and mitigating that into, into being able to still, you know, shoot with you know, consistency and accuracy. And that's, so, so how do you train for that, I guess? is I mean, aside from just going out and skiing and shooting, is there a better way to kind of train for uh, you know being used to shooting with your heart rate so high yeah so you know that's a great point that you brought up earlier about the physiological aspects of shooting and controlling your heart rate and things like that there's certain things that you can and cannot control uh, when you're when you're physically exerting yourself or in a stressful situation the one thing you can't control is your heart rate you know, it's a good thing it's that we can't just shut our heart rate off and, you know, be like, all right, I'm going to stop it, you know, because that would be, that'd be a deadly mis mistake. <laughs> but there's certain things we can control, like our breathing. You know, people talk about tactical breathing or things like that. It actually makes a huge difference if you really focus on breathing in your training and learn how to use that to um, what we call breathing reset. If you, if you take a couple of really deep breaths when you're in a stressful situation, it forces your body to relax because when you breathe in, like you're when you get scared or something, you you suck your breath in. You're you're getting really tense, but by by forcing that air out, it relaxes you. So, um, just by breathing and taking some deep breaths in and out, that forces your body into a more homeostasis and getting into that relax relaxation state. So. That can be really important. And then just learning techniques on, you know, uh, training uh, by visualization and things like that. The more you can get yourself in those those situations, the easier it is for your body when you actually encounter a stressful situation. See, that, that, I had no idea that there was such a parallel between, you know, something like a, a biathlon, which is, you know, very, you know, calculated and, and you know, just, just an ultra-competitive sport, adds to you know, processing the physiology of a critical incident in the same, utilizing the same techniques. And it really sounds like that, that, that you know, that really kind of is, uh, there is a direct parallel there, which is, is so interesting. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically the same thing. The fight or flight response is no different in competition as it is in uh, a self-defense situation. It's just a different level of intensity. So in a self-defense situation, obviously your life is on the line. It's going to be a much higher level of intensity than it would be in competition, but the same physical, the physiological and psychological aspects that you're dealing with. That's that's absolutely incredible. So so going from the biathlon and, and doing the biathlon, and that's is that where you compete in the Olympics? Is in, in the biathlon? Yep, that's correct. Awesome. Right. Yeah. So going from the biathlon, then then where did you go, kind of in your you know kind of shooting career? Yeah, so after I retired in 2014, um, that was my third Olympics, and jumped into three-gun and a lot of other different shooting sports. Uh, you know, three-gun is rifle, pistol, shotgun, and you're navigating kind of a course of fire, uh, you know, kind of run-and-gun style. Getting the heart rate up a little bit, but not not quite to the same point. Not as much running as we did in biathlon, but a lot more shooting and so much fun. Just a lot of a lot of fun. It helped, you, it helped me become an, a good all-around shooter. No, I, I can imagine. So, so you've been kind of on a on the three gun tour for for a while now. Is that is that predominantly what you're competing in now, or is that? 
Yeah, I mean, I do three-gun, PCC, uh, IPS shotgun, and, and just rifle competitions and stuff, but I'd say three-gun is, is kind of my main focus. I was going to say, what's your, what's your favorite? Would it be, would it be three-gun? I, I think so, yeah. And is that just because you get to incorporate kind of all of it in one, you know, in kind of one competition? I would say, yeah, and, and I'm kind of one of those crazy people where uh, the harder it is, the more I like it. And with three-gun, it you can't just be good at one thing. You have to be good at all of them. And so it, it, it forces you to, to learn a lot of different aspects instead of just one thing. You know, with, yep. with handgun, obviously, it's totally different techniques than you would you'd learn when shooting rifle or shotgun. So you kind of have to learn them all and, and be able to, to focus on each individual one at that moment. So, you know, going from shooting three-gun and competing, where, where did training kind of really enter or instruction, I guess, on, on your side. Where did that kind of enter the picture you know, throughout that career? So my twin sister and I, we both competed in the Olympics together and then three-gun as well a little bit. Uh, but we, we started uh, teaching people and training people right in, early on in our biathlon career because we had that, that shooting background. There's a lot of people in biathlon that didn't have, you know, they were skiers, but they didn't know how to shoot. So um, we did a lot of teaching of, you know, firearms, uh, a lot of rifle, airsoft, you know, things like that early on, and then continued that. And, and really, um, I'd say that's one of our biggest passions is teaching people and giving back. And, you know, that's one thing I'm excited about this place is, you know, we're offering people a place to come and, and train and improve their skills, regardless of what they kind of shooting or, or you know, self-defense or anything that they like to do. So yeah, let's talk about, about Prairie Fire. So if you guys aren't familiar with Prairie Fire, which is where we're at today, um, it's, it's kind of right in between Vegas and Pahrump uh, out here in Nevada. And it's, a, I mean, tell them about the facility out here. Cause it's, uh, I've been out, this is my first time visiting and I've been completely uh, blown away. So, so yeah, tell, tell them about just the facility out here and what you guys have. Yeah, so we were very lucky. We uh, purchased this facility out of bankruptcy uh, December 2nd. Uh, it's formally uh, called Front Sight. A lot of people in the industry know it as, as Front Sight, but um, we bought it out of bankruptcy, totally different company. And um, we're, we're basically 45 minutes from the Strip, and uh, it's one of the most beautiful ranges I've ever been on. Absolutely gorgeous. And there's so much space and so many things that we can do here. We're, we're just looking to build it up into you know, kind of what we call the Disney World of Shooting, where uh, we hope it's going to be one of the, the best ranges in the world. Yeah, it's, so you guys have, uh, if, I, if I remember the numbers correctly, what is it? Uh, it's 550 acres of, of land total. How many ranges uh, on the property? We have uh, 50 bays ranging from 25 yards up to 800, but we also have a lot of different things between our natural terrain. We have three incredible canyons that we can utilize for training. We have tunnels, we have a ropes course. You know, there's so many different things that we can we can do out here. It helps us to get really creative. And then what's on, you know, kind of what's on the board for the future out here as far as, you know, what's, what are you guys planning on here in the next, you know, year or two? Well, we, you know, our, our first goal is to try to, to improve upon the ranges. I mean, they're incredible and beautiful as is, but we're gonna inc uh, upgrade all the targetry and, uh, you know, add on to, to make them even better. And then, um, you know, add things like permanent bathrooms instead of porta potties, <laughs> you know. And then, uh, you know, one of our biggest goals is to, to get our first pro shop in with restaurant and things like that. Um, eventually, we're going to have 500 RV spaces. Uh, That's incredible. Uh, hotel, uh, three different pro shops, and, 
you know, just kind of make this a place where if people enjoy shooting, and even if they don't, because um, we're going to have activities like mountain biking, ATVing, you know, all sorts of the ropes course. So even if you don't enjoy shooting, this is going to be some place where you can have a great true American experience and really enjoy yourself. Yeah, and, and one of the things that we were talking about earlier that really struck me is just your, you know, your passion to cater to everyone, you know, not just, you know, the high-end consumer that wants, you know, a bunch of, you know, just a bunch of high-end experiences, but just the, you know, the guys that want to come in, guys and girls who just want to come in, you know, shoot on the weekends, and that's, so it sounds like you're really trying to, to, to really cater to that full audience. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we want to make sure that, that anybody and everybody can enjoy this place. Um, you know, it's, it's such an incredible place, and we're, we're glad that, you know, we were able to purchase it because uh, it could have easily turned into a housing development. And, no, absolutely. You know, one more range that, that disappears. But, you know, we want to make this available for everybody f um, regardless of, of their budget and their, uh, you know, their, their lifestyle. And, um, you know, we also want to make, make it available. If, if someone comes here for a, a class, we want to make sure that they can bring their family, and their family has options to do things that they enjoy too so and they don't all, always have sure. to be firearms related you know we're going to offer lots of activities that don't necessarily revolve around shooting so what what kind of classes are you guys uh, currently doing out here and what kind of training you know kind of are you planning in the future um, you know for that clientele yeah so the last couple of months we've been uh, in the process of retraining our staff and and they're absolutely amazing every all the um, people here on site all of our staff are, are really incredible and um, right now we're just doing kind of basic handgun rifle classes and we're building on our curriculum so that you can you can start at that level and then um, basically head down any path you want to whether it's in competition or self-defense or or uh, you know just just improving your shooting skills we're going to have a, a path for everybody regardless of you know what you like to shoot and and uh, you know all the different styles of, of shooting that there is out there. That's so cool. So, you know, you, you kind of hit it, uh, you know, talking there about uh, about self-defense. Do you, we see a lot of competitive shooters out there, and some of them are just, just that, they're just competitive shooters, but do you feel like growing up in that environment, not just the competitive environment, but, you know, like you said, learning to shoot, you know, rifles on the ranch at an early age, does that upbringing, does that training, and then does your competitive background, how does that translate into your daily life when it comes to uh, just self-defense and situational awareness and kind of how you how you go about everyday life well I think you know I think a big part of uh, my situational awareness and and wanting to to get into self-defense and protecting myself and things like that came from you know a lot of my travels and and uh, you know being a five foot three 110 pound woman and you know wanting to make sure that at the end of the day, uh, you know, every, myself and everybody around me was was uh, was safe. And um, I think growing up, you know, on a ranch and hunting and things like that, that helped me to develop situational awareness. You know, obviously from from hunting, you just have to be aware of of little things. You know, to to be yeah. a successful hunter, as far as you know, finding game and things like that. But you know, in the self defense situations, I, it's one of those things where um, I think you can. You can avoid a lot of situations if you if you're aware of what you're doing, but at the end of the day, you you have to to make sure that w whatever you do, you wanna you wanna come home to your family and and uh, you know try to avoid all bad situations at all costs, but um, also be there, be ready to protect yourself if need be. So you know, and I don't mean to, to put you on the spot here, because we obviously we didn't talk about any of this, but 
when it comes to self-defense, and you, you know, you kind of said it there, you know, being a five foot, three hundred ten pound female, there's certain things that you have to consider that maybe others don't. Mm -hmm. it, it, and being, you know, an instructor in self-defense and firearms and, and all that, if you had to, you know, kind of tell somebody in a, you know, in a very short format, like some of the key things that they can do, you know, to help improve that situation awareness or just that self-defense readiness, you know, what would those things be uh, for anybody or, or for somebody, you know, that's, that's kind of like you as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the big things, and we just kind of briefly touched on it earlier, is, is just um, visual, visualizations and, uh, you know, um, role play and, and things like that. I mean, it, it's, it's so hard to, to train for self-defense because, you know, we, we don't ever want to be in that situation. But, you know, just unfortunately, sometimes it, it just happens. So preparing yourself mentally. I mean, in competition, we visualized our course and, and our course of fire and, that, and things like that over and over again so that when we got there, all we had to do was focus on mu muscle memory and not worry about the stresses and the pressures of everything else around us. And it's, it's no different for self-defense. You know, if, if, if you don't um, kind of visualize, like, you don't want to be paranoid, but at the same time, you want to you be prepared. So visualizing like um, what you'd do in a situation if you were heading to your car and you had someone following you, you know, do I do I get in my car? Do I, you know, head back into the store? You know, what do I what do I do in those situations? And and by preparing yourself that way, you can you can really help yourself to avoid getting into a lot of situations and or be prepared if you ever had to to defend yourself. That's a great tip. You know, that's something that you can do anywhere. You know, we talk yeah. a lot about having to, to do drills or to train and to having a facility to do that, but, you know, literally driving in your car and, or, you know, sitting at the house or, or whatnot, visualizing, hey, these are the things that I can do in a certain situation is something you can, you can do anywhere and so key uh, in planning for that success and, and setting yourself up for success. That, that, that's, that's a great tip. The other, you know, the other thing, obviously, being Burnham, being a less lethal company, we always talk about options, and it's interesting, you know, you're talking and chatting with you, who's grown up as, as such a, in such a gun culture as part of your everyday life, when it came to learning and then hunting, and that's just kind of the way you live, especially in the country, uh, like you said, hunting, you got to you got to be situation where to track and to make sure that you're not, you know, in a um, you're not so delved into what you're doing that that, you, that everything else is is you're unaware of of other dangers that might be out there. Do you feel like uh, how do you feel that less lethal options in self-defense can uh, can be a part of you know someone's everyday life, especially coming from that that gun culture? Oh, I think it's 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 great because you know at the end of the day nobody wants to to take a life or anything like that. And I think that, you know, less lethal, um, especially in places where, you know, firearms aren't allowed is, is a great way of, of protecting yourself. I mean, there, I travel all the time everywhere and, you know, I, I carry a Berna and, and it, Yeah, you're going back and forth from here in, in Colorado a, yeah, a lot, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. So and, and there's just times where, you know, uh, carrying a firearm isn't, isn't appropriate, but having, you know, a less lethal option is, uh, you know, even, even for, I mean, just in my training, um, you know, we, we get chased by dogs all the time and things like that. And, you know, and um, sometimes that can, can help in, in avoiding getting bit in the leg or something, you know. And, and so I think it's one of those things where, where people have to, if, if you choose to, to 
to use the right of self-defense. You need to take take the time to figure out the, the training and what's best for you, you know, um, because firearms aren't for everybody. And, um, you know, I think that, that uh, a less lethal option is for everybody. And um, again, both of those, those options should come with training and responsibility and things like that. And it's awesome that, you know, the Baron Nation is out there helping to train people and, and educate people on, on what, they, what they should do. I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, we, we talk about that a lot, about really kind of having that, that self-reflection and, you know, making sure that if you're going to carry a gun, you're prepared for that and you're prepared for the consequences that that brings. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're going to, you know, whatever you're going to carry, that you're prepared and you're trained to do that, not only physically, but, but mentally as well. So, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a great sentiment and, and just a... Uh, you, you, you really kind of summed it up, and, and that's great. So uh, just to kind of sum things up and to kind of close it out, uh, Prairie Fire, if they want to learn more about Prairie Fire, where can they go to do that? Uh, absolutely. So they can go to the, our website, prairiefire.com, and uh, we're going to be updating it with more and more information as we, we build this beautiful facility out. When's uh, kind of when, when, when can they plan for, you know, coming out for not necessarily grand opening, but, you know, really when it's going to really start being open to the public to, to start memberships and stuff like that? When yeah, so our uh, memberships will open up uh, May 1st, and then uh, we'll be, uh, you know, I think you can start signing up for classes now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we have a limited class schedule right now, but as we as we grow and as we build this facility out, we're going to add more and more classes to the schedule. So check it out at prairiefire.com. Hope to see you guys out here. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Delaney. Thanks, Burning Nation, for being here. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel so you get all the latest updates. And, and then feel free to download the podcast on all your major podcast platforms uh, like iTunes, Apple, Amazon, all that good stuff. Uh, and we'll see you next time on Burna's Hot Take to make sure that if the time comes, you are prepared to defend. <laughs>